Well, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Kyle Kegler. I'm the Plano campus pastor. Somebody asked, this, asked me this morning if I took a wrong turn or, or missed a turn uh, when I got here. I just wanna say to my friends in Fort Worth and Frisco who are tuning in, hello to my friends there and also to my family in Plano. Um, my story here uh, a little bit is uh, we were one, Trish and I were part of the families that kind of started Watermark 20-ish years ago. And since that time, uh, I've been the uh, small groups guy, and then I was the children's guy, and then I was the external focus guy, and then I was the family ministry guy. And so can you pick up a theme? I cannot keep a job, okay, is the theme around here. But about four or five years ago, you guys kicked me out of here, sent me to Plano, and we had ha have had an absolute ball being on mission for the kingdom. So this is the house, uh, Tabara uh, Melinda, uh, Miranda Lambert, there we go, line. Uh, this is the house that built me. And so many familiar faces here, and I'm so thankful uh, for this place for so many different reasons. And so we're in the series right now called How He Built This. And Todd was really clear early on, hey, we've got to get the pronoun right. This is not how we built this. This is how God built this. And so Todd has done a great job. Uh, these last weeks, we've taken a couple of detours along the way, but just to remind us of what God used the values, the scripture that God used to build this place. And so the first week, Todd talked about, hey, prayer is the work of the ministry. And the second week, he talked about, hey, why not us? An, expect, an expectation that God would do something great. And right in the middle of that, Todd said, hey, we wanna be biblical, not big. We wanna be characterized by love was another week. Discipleship characterizes us, especially the, the discipleship of our kids and our students. We're committed to the uncommitted, committed to community, the relentless pursuit of oneness, reminding ourselves that community is forged. It's not formed and therefore we have to keep short accounts with each other and work through conflict. And then last week, basically I titled that week just Courage, that we are gonna be the first church to be shut down and the last church to shut up. One of the things I've told many of my friends is when we get to heaven, I think the thing that Watermark is most gonna be known for is that we were courageous, is that we were standing on God's word even in the face of a culture of a world that was being conformed to the spirit of this age. And so 20 years ago, there were eight families and I just wanna tell you, we were a little bit of a mess the eight families that did this. But we had 2 Chronicles 16.9 embedded in our head, which is the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, looking to support those whose hearts are completely his. That's really all we had. It was like, hey God, we think you wanna do something great. We wanna see God do amazing things and let's go. So here we are 20 years later. And I just wanna tell you, way to go. God has done amazing things through this place. Get the pronoun right, God has, not we have. But it's because of your 
faithfulness. And so we've got recovery ministries that are going all over the country. Blake just talked about the CLC we did. Just to give you a little more statistics on that, we had 720 people, 250 churches, 36 states, 19 countries were here to be awakened to what God wants to do in them, and that happened because of you. And we're gonna find out here in a minute as we study a little bit in the book of Romans that it doesn't matter where you, whether you change diapers here, whether you turn knobs here, whether you wore funny orange vests in the parking lot, you are a part of that. We're gonna find out in Romans that all these members work together to create one kingdom advancing organization. And so I could not be more proud to be a part of what God has done, how he's built this. But I do wanna let you know that there's a little bit of angst and there's a little bit of tension still in me as I think about and I'm excited and encouraged about what God's done. And that angst comes because here's what I believe. I believe that we, were, we are only accomplishing a small fraction of what God would have us do. I think there are so many people that are members here, that are attenders here, that are coming here, that are leaving their time, talent, and treasure on the sidelines, and we're not taking advantage of all that God would have us do. We are underutilizing our time, talent, and treasure. And it was fun this morning, I got here early and ran into a buddy who um, works membership things here, and he just said, Kyle, the number one reason people don't become members here is because they will not commit to serve. He said, they'll, do a, they'll sign a covenant, they'll sit through the Discover Watermark and membership classes, they'll jump into community, but they will not commit to serve. And so you wanna know where my angst comes from? It's because there's so much more that God has for us. And so we're gonna look at Romans 12, one through eight today, and we're gonna let the Spirit of God through his word I hope go to work on you. And if you're fully utilizing your time, talent, and treasure, I hope you walk out of this place really encouraged today. But if you're not, I hope the Spirit of God doesn't make you guilty or doesn't shame you, but I hope he convicts you that I am one of those folks that's sitting on the sideline and I'm hindering what God wants to do through this local expression of his church. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna look at verses one and two, and we're gonna ask the question kind of, why us? Why use us? Verse three, we're gonna talk about what hinders us. And then verses four through eight, why not us? And that is not a passive, uh, why not us? That is a why not us? It's what we did with the 1,720 individuals that were here this week, why not us. And so the first thing we gotta do is we step into Romans, okay, so we gotta understand that book just a little bit. And so chapters one through three, Paul is telling the Romans and telling us, hey, you are a sinner. You are separated from God and there is nothing that you can do about it. In chapters four through eight, it's all about salvation. How does Jesus Christ and his crucifixion on the cross that he paid a debt for our sin that that puts us back in a right relationship with God if we place our faith and trust in him. Nine through 11 talks about his sovereignty, the vindication of God's righteousness, that he's gonna make everything right. 
Okay, that he, his will is always going to be accomplished. And before we see, before we start chapter 12 here, we need to understand that in verses one through 11, he spends those chapters talking about what we believe. That's what we are to believe about what's true about life. That's what's true about God, about our humanity. And then he goes to 12 through 16 and he just says, now that you believe this, the next logical thing is for you to serve and use your gifts like this in chapters 12 through 16. So we're gonna get a chance today as we go through the message. I'm just gonna ask some questions of you kind of as we get to the end of each section. And they're gonna be applicational questions. And I hope you'll either write those down or shoot a picture of them and spend some time thinking about, hey, do I need to make progress in this area of my life? So let's pray. Let's ask God to go to work on our hearts. Father, thanks for the privilege to study your word, to be your child, uh, Father, and to just, we just pray that you would change us today. Would you transform us? And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen. And so now we're at chapter 12, verses one and two. It says this, therefore I urge you brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, and so if you're here today and you are not a Christ follower, we are so glad that you're here. And I would love for you walking out that your application would be, I'm gonna go read those first 11 chapters of Romans and I'm gonna understand that I'm separated, that Christ died for me and that by putting my faith and trust in him, I can have a new relationship with him. I hope that you'll go do that because when that happens, Okay, we get to talk about verse 12, one and two. Once we understand that, this is following Jesus 101. And that doesn't mean if we've been walking with Jesus a long time, we get to check out. Okay, this is still the foundation of what we do as Christ followers. And so you may be new to the faith, memorize these two verses. You may be stuck in your faith and not growing, start applying these Verses. And so it starts, therefore I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. And that word urge is, it's a tender word. It's like, hey, with all this that we just talked about, please, Paul's saying, please, I beg you to live like this. To present your bodies, it's all encompassing, heart, soul, mind, and strength, as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual service of worship. Why do we say have a great week of worship? This is where we get that. That you, we wanna walk out of here every day and say everything I do is worship. And so how do we do this? I'm just gonna give you a couple of really practical things in this, this following Jesus 101. And so I just want you to know this, no, this may be blasphemy to some of you, but when I get up in the morning and I start to spend time with the Lord, okay, the first thing I the first thing I don't do is open the Bible. Okay? The first thing I do is I open my journal. And if you're not a journal, journaler, that will help you practice following Jesus 101. And I'll write something in there at the beginning, early in the morning, that's just, hey, speak, Lord, your servant 
is listening. Or I might write on there, hey, God, I know you're the boss and I'm not. Or I might write on there, uh, write in my journal, I might say, hey, God, I know before I ever got up this morning that you were already at work, that where planets were orbiting around the sun and the tides were coming in and out and I'm gonna step into this world of yours. Or, hey, God, this is my agenda for the day. Watch your agenda. Romans 12, one and two is presenting yourself as a living sacrifice to him. Start your day, start your time with the Lord. As you mature, move to multiple times a day saying, hey, God, whatever you have for me today, I am yours. I'm a living sacrifice. And after you've done that, jump into God's word, study, memorize, meditate, read, read other things that help you understand God's word. I'll get there and I'll just, hey, Lord, here's the 10 things that are cluttering my mind and my heart and I'll write those things in my journal. Then I'll stop and I'll just say, hey God, these belong to you for the day. If I get to them, great. If I don't, but I wanna be available for divine appointments and what you have for me today. Verse two goes on, it says, don't be conformed to this world, and world there means uh, just the spirit of the age that seeks to exclude God from life. There is just a spirit in our world that's trying to move us away from God, so don't be conformed to it, don't be shaped to it, don't be influenced by it, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that word is so important in following Jesus 101. Hang with me right here. It is an imperative, meaning it's a command. It's plural. It means all of you, all of us, that we present, or the pre it's present, that something's happening right now. It's perfect. It's continually happening. It's passive. It's happening to us. And it's a verb. It's action. And so what that means is be transformed is be of when we open our arms and say, Hey, God, I'm yours as a living sacrifice. Okay, God can go to work because we're yielding and we continually can continually be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we might know what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. But it starts with here God, it's your agenda. And then we start to transform our minds so that our heart and our actions are transformed. And so here's what I do real practically to kind of apply verse two to my life. And it's really four words that I use. And so y'all need to know that I, I, real simple helps me a lot, okay, as I walk with Christ. And so I'm gonna give you four words. So the first word I'm gonna give you, and I, I'm trying to do this every, at the end of every day or every night before I go to bed. That's what I, and I'm not doing I'm not hitting it out of the park, but this is a discipline I want in my life. And so the first one is hooked. And so God, as I went through my day today, where did I get hooked? Where did I get addicted to something? That's usually around food for me. Okay, and I have to, God, I'm so sorry. Okay, I did not live yielded in that area of my life. A lot of time it's around sports. Hello, Texas Tech Red Raiders, anybody? Okay, okay, so I've watched a lot of basketball. My wife went to Tech, okay? And so, but it can be, that's too, it can be too much. So where today did I get hooked? Lord, where today did my heart get cold? Where did I miss an opportunity 
to just kind of, I just kind of blew by somebody and I missed a divine appointment because I was onto my own agenda and I was cold hearted to people. Or where did I get scared? Where did I not have a conversation with somebody that needs to know the goodness of Jesus Christ and him crucified? Where did I not, a good, maybe a friend of mine who wants to walk deeply with Christ didn't have a great moment and didn't act like he was a Christ follower, but I didn't wanna have that hard conversation. So I just didn't have it, I got scared. And so I confessed that at the end of the day and said, God, I'm so sorry that I didn't do the most loving thing that I could do for my friend. And the last thing is, where does my heart get proud? And so y'all just need to know, I love to take credit for things that God has done, okay? And so this week, and so this is, this is really wicked. I just wanna tell you as we go here. Is this week, I, I probably had more stage time at CLC than I've ever had. And so I was coming off the stage and I had people, oh, Kegler, that was awesome and thank you so much. And, uh, and that, ha- that happened more than it's ever happened. And I kind of walk in through my day and I think, Kegler, you're kind of studly. <laughs> is that not depraved and wicked? How many times have I gone to the verse in John 15 that apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. It's a significant verse in my life. And yet those thoughts come scrambling. So that night, God, I'm so sorry. I'm taking credit for what you have done. And so I said this was following Jesus 101. Okay, it's just confession and repentance. That's all it is. And so if you wanna use your time, talent, and treasure for the sake of God's kingdom, you've gotta start here. God, I'm yours to do whatever you want to do in my life, and then you have got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And those two little disciplines have been hugely helpful for me. So let me ask you a couple questions. It says, are you daily presenting yourself as a living sacrifice to God? And I don't know what that is, if it's morning or evening, but are you just saying, hey, God, I wanna be yours before you jump into your day? That will help you mature. Are you daily being transformed or conformed? What's happening? And that's not over the last month, that's not over the last year, that we need to get in the habit of working through that daily because we're wicked and we're depraved and it needs to become a habit and a discipline. The third one, what discipline can you insert or sharpen in your life to grow in these areas? So why would God use us? Because he saved us for the purpose of being about his business, using our gifts, using our talents, and using our treasures. And so let's move on with those three questions kind of ringing in our heads, spend some time later thinking about those, but let's move on to 12.3. And so we're asking the question, what hinders us? For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. And so I just wanna remind you that your ability to view your own life is broken. You do not have an accurate picture apart from God's word and God's people about your life. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end, it leads to death. And so as I think about that in context, context of time, talent, and treasure, 
Here's a little chart that I just kind of wrote out that just kind of helps me. And so man's view of our time is that we wanna guard it. We wanna protect it. It's ours to do with what we want. God's view is that we give our time away, that it's to be used for his kingdom purposes. Our talent, man's view is, hey, I'm using this for my name and my good. God's view is, hey, your talent's for my glory and for my kingdom advancement. Our treasure, I think, hey, that's for my comfort, my agenda, that I wanna do what I wanna do, when I wanna do, how I wanna do it, with my money, my possessions, all that. And God says, hey, this is for, this is for Christ's kingdom. And so if you wanna look at Romans 12, three, that sin of selfishness that we don't have a good view, he's telling us we've got to be, we've gotta have sound judgment about that, and I'm telling you, you can't have it, okay, without God's word and without God's people. And so there's a, Paul's got another uh, verse in 2 Timothy 2.21 that he wrote to Timothy that's so good to kind of explain what Paul's saying here. It says this, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work, catch that. If your life is clean, you will be available to the master for every good work. And so I hate to use the term, but it's following Jesus 101. This is talking about obedience. When God asks us to do something, we gotta do it. We get it with our kids, okay? And we need to understand that this matters as we seek to use all that God's given us for his kingdom. And so it's a little bit like this. My daughter is a mechanical engineer. And so she, um, she was always coming home talking about pipes and volume and capacity and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, who cares, right? I do not care, but I love you, right? Um, and so it's a little bit like this. Like here's a four inch PCV pipe, right? And I mean, this thing is smooth inside. And so whoever's using this can put an incredible amount of volume through this thing because it's clean. That's what I want for my life. I want to be a clean vessel available for every good work that the master wants to use me for. But what you need to know is that my life and most of our lives looks a little bit like this, is that it's clogged that it's, we're hindering what God wants to do with our lives. And it's kind of nasty and ugly, and the reality is that's true of our sin. And so several years ago, um, I just, some friends and the Lord just started convicting me about some insecurities in my life that I would just was not going, th making progress through. And some of you know my story, but at a, when I was a young teenager, my dad left our family and he never came back and I never saw him again. And three years later, he died without that relationship reconciled. And so there's a dad wound there for me. And that dad wound was causing me to, my, my, the vessel that God had given me was being a little bit cluttered. And so um, I had some friends encourage me, say, hey, Kegs, you ought to go to Regen. And you ought to start thinking about that and you ought to start working through that. And so that's what I did. And so for those of you that have been to Regen, you know that you kind of go in thinking it's gonna be about food and a dad wound and you walk out thinking it's about 25 other things. 
okay? So Romans 7, 18 is true, right? That we have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. And so here's what happened. So I came out of my inventory time, which is where you kind of go through all of the sins to you, sins to others. And I came up with this inventory region tree that you'll see on the screen coming up right here. And so I'm so glad this is in small print, okay, so that you can't read my junk, okay? But basically, I've got four main things that I kind of said, here are the things I need to pay attention to. And out of each one of those things, there's four or five things that, that show up in my life that are not helpful to me and are hurtful uh, to other people. And so what I wanna show you, we're just gonna take a quarter of that tree, you don't have time, okay, to see my whole tree, okay? But we're gonna take a quarter of that tree. I just wanna show you what God showed me through this. Again, the purpose is trying to keep the pipe clean so I'm useful to the master. And so I just had an unbiblical view of what it means to be a man. My dad wasn't home and I learned manhood in the locker room and on TV and all kinds of places. And so here's what happens. Here's the branches of my life that I have this almost a demand that I needed, I need to be respected. Like I, I, that I need to be respected. The second one, I think I can say this in church, right? I just, I have the suck it up syndrome, right? Which is I don't want anybody to know that they got to me or that I'm sensitive or that, hey, I'm gonna walk through this thing and nobody's gonna get to me. Third thing, there's just a lack of tenderness and empathy and compassion for people. And so my friends were saying, hey, Kegs, that word compassion, that means to suffer with somebody. I don't see you entering into their pain and walking them through that. And the last one is just poor communication skills. My poor wife, she trained me, praise the Lord, on how to communicate well. I, we went to a counselor for pre-marriage counseling. He handed me a list of feeling words and said, Kegler, how are you feeling right now? I was dumbfounded. I had no idea. And I was like, hey, can I say joy when I score a touchdown? Or can, how about just jumping up and down when I hit a home run or do something like that? And I'm like, there's 300 of these? It's clueless. And it's because of that dad wound. And so I went through Regen, I did that tree, and I kept working the steps. And just so you know, Regen is just a year of a deep dive into the gospel. That's all it is. I got to spend three weeks on Romans 7, 18 that I am depraved, and that was good for me in that. And so I don't know what your next faithful step is in terms of dealing with the vessel God has given you to clean out that debris and what is hindering you, but take that next faithful step because you want to be fully used by God because it's fun. And there is peace and joy and life in being fully used by God. And so one thing I wanna make clear as we talk about this is we are at, uh, the gospel is not a performance-based acceptance. You can hear some of the stuff I'm saying today and you can interpret that and say, hey, I've gotta go perform for God to love me. And it is completely the opposite. We work on an acceptance-based performance. Okay, that we are loved by God, we're accepted by him when we put our faith and trust in the finished work on the cross that works. And then because of what he's done, we do perform out of love 
but it doesn't affect our eternity or it doesn't affect how God loves us. It's just gonna affect the rewards that we'll get in heaven because we were faithful. And so let's pay attention to that vessel that we have. What do we need to pay attention to? So here's some questions. What's hindering right now your usefulness? What's your next faithful step to deal with the debris that's clogging your usefulness to the master? And I don't know if it's uh, Monday nights at here or Fort Worth, Tuesday nights at Plano, hang on, Frisco, it's coming. So I don't know what it is, if it's regen, if it's re-engage, if it's whatever. We've got ministries all over the place that want to help you be a clean vessel for honorable use. And so what hinders us? It's the sin of pride and selfishness that we think too highly of ourselves, that our, our lens to see who we are is broken. And so now we move on in Romans 12, four through eight, knowing that, hey, we need to be a living sacrifice. We need to be being transformed. We understand, hey, that our thinking too highly of ourselves can be a problem. And we ask the question, hey, why not us? And again, that's not a passive, why not us? That is why not us. Let's go. It says this, for just as many we, for just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that, gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. If service, in his serving. He who teaches, in his teaching. He who exhorts, in his exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so Paul's simply trying to say, hey, we're together. My heart for you is to be one highly functioning organization. My church centered around the bride of Christ that's moving forward. And so you each have a gift. So I don't know if you're a Christ follower and you know that or not. You have a gift. God gave that to you when you became a Christ follower. And the way we think about that around here is that there's a, uh, the G is, hey, it's given by God, it's imparted to individuals, it's for the edification of the body. That's so important. The gift you've been given is not to edify yourself, it's for the edification of the body. And the T is that we test that against the scriptures. Now here's what's really fun. The people sitting next to you have different gifts than you do. And they are all critically important. And the components are to work together for the good of Christ's kingdom. And so here again is part of the angst that's in my soul these days. And that is if you're a member here and not fully utilizing your gifts, you're hurting our church. I mean it. There is so much that God wants to do with us, and if you're not using what God has given you, you're hurting our church. You're hurting, you're hindering what God wants to do. You're hurting God's kingdom. And so can I, can I tell you, I sent an email to the campus pastors last week and asked them, I just said, hey guys, send me your list of things. I said, spend 60 seconds on this. Send me the list. So here's what I've got. 
a guy from Dallas. We want to do a gap year for high school kids, regen for students, round out ministry for families with special needs kids, a church planning cohort. We want every person in Dallas, Collin, and Tarrant counties to hear the gospel from an abiding, passionate follower of Christ who's plugged into a church that is a biblical bold and wants to disciple. We want to knock out the foster care issue. More families waiting for kids than kids waiting for families. The separated families come to Watermark so they can be restored. We want to buy the residence in next door so it becomes the residence in for our residents. Okay, we want to create a discipleship and training program for kids aging out of foster care. We need writers, church planners, event planners, videographers, graphic designers, shepherds, Life Center, Fort Worth. They want to grow their footprint. They wanna expand and strengthen their external focus partnerships, junior high, dad, you, foster and adopt, new parents, money-wise, core classes, training days, lay residency, Frisco, we need regen, re-engage, women's ministry, worship arts, tech arts, Plano. There's 700,000 people in our county that don't know Jesus out of a million, 70%. We need a blended family ministry, single moms ministry, young adult ministry, sex trafficking. There's opportunities there, college ministry, Hindu, Muslim faith. Folks, there is so much. And if 100%, if all of our people were fully utilizing their gifts, this goes away, and so do 100 other sheets full of things that God wants to do with us. And so, man, there's a need, and we need you. We need you to get in the game. And so we used to talk about this with with a video that, just on the first half of the video, it's a cruise ship, okay? And it, is, it describes the people and their consumers and they're, and they're saying, hey, do I like the captain and do I like the look of the boat? Do I like the food? Do I like the music? Do I like my quarters? If so, I'm gonna sail with you again. And then the video flips and then it goes to a battleship. And so on the battleship, every single person is clear about who the captain is. It's Jesus, Everybody's clear about what mission they're on, kingdom advancement. Everybody's clear about what their role is. They know exactly, there is not one person on that battleship, okay, that is, does, is not using their time, their talent, and their treasure for the sake of the mission. And so that's such a helpful illustration for us. And so what do we do about that? What do we do? Well, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to figure out what our gifts are. And you may be here, maybe you're a new Christ follower and you're not sure what your gifts are. We've got a website up on the screen here that you can literally go to this place and you can take a gifts test, right? So let me tell you what I think about gifts test, okay? It is a tool to help you figure that out. You want to know what the better tools are? Your Bible, your community group, and then your passions, what God has given you to do. So you take all those things, you kind of look at a test, you talk to your community group, you compare that with scripture, and you start to figure out what your gifts are. You know what? I'm not even sure I know for sure what my gifts are yet. So if you're waiting to figure out, hey, I've got the bullseye on my gifts, stop waiting, get in the game. I don't know if it's in kid ministry, student ministry, regen, re-engage, Summit, I don't know what it is, but if you're trying to figure it out, start serving. We say here all the time that that Pharaoh will not miss his Joseph. And if you're faithfully serving, God is gonna get you where you need to be. 
He's gonna do it. I can look all around my friends. And so they served in some crazy places. And God's gonna get you where he wants you to be. I also want you to know from a staff perspective, we're not looking for leaders that are always mature. We love mature leaders. It's great. We look for people who are hungry. We use the FAT, faithful, available, and teachable. You know what that means? That means that you show up on time, you're prepared, you do your homework, you memorize the scripture, and we ask our leaders to, hey, give me those people. We don't have to have mature, but we want hungry. And if you're hungry to be God's man and God's woman and you wanna fully utilize your gifts where you tear off that section in the Watermark News and say, hey, I am on the sideline and I wanna get in the game and let us help you do that. Because it's good for you. It brings you joy and peace here and then on this earth and when you stand before Christ one day, okay, you're gonna have something to say, hey God, because you are the foundation of my life, I served with all my heart to advance your kingdom and it is gonna be glorious. And so you do, you go and you discover your gifts and then you develop your gifts. And this is not complicated. I'm going right back to Romans 12, one and two. If you will continually, okay, present yourselves as a living and holy sacrifice and continually be being transformed, you're gonna mature. That's 75% of your development. There's 25% that's skill related. But the thing that you need to do is develop your soul and your heart so that thinks like God wants you to think. It sees situations like God wants you to see things and you know the heart of God because you know his word. And so just get busy. Ask the question, where is the need? Write that on that tear off section and we'll help you. Second thing is I would just tell you, as you think about developing your gifts, you need to be ready because there's probably some sharpening conversations coming. And so I got up to Plano four years ago and I've got a great friend up there. He's an elder here now, Brian Buchek. And so Brian and I weren't that good of friends at the, at the time, and, uh, but they were one of the ones that were saying, hey, come to Plano, come to Plano. And he kind of stopped me one day and he said, hey, Kegs, can I talk to you for a second? And it was in that tone that you know he's about to wear you out you kind of know that ahead of time. And he pulls me over to the side and he says, hey, Kyle, I just want to notice something about you. I know you want to love and care for people really well. Okay, but sometimes when you're shaking somebody's hand and they're engaging in a conversation with you, you're kind of looking over their shoulder or your eyes are kind of going around kind of looking for the next thing. And I'm like, ouch. And so if you're, and, and they're helping me grow through that. But if you wanna use your gifts, get ready because we're gonna help you use your gifts. We're gonna help you sharpen your gifts. We're gonna help you be 100% utilized for the sake of God's kingdom. And I would just tell you, I don't know what stage of life many of you are in, but can I just, I wanna do more than urge you, but can I urge you, don't live for a number. Try to hit a number so you can retire don't live for a lake house, don't live for grandkids, don't live for a nicer car or a nicer house or something else. Those things are fine as part of the R&R plan. We need to be on the front lines of battle getting shot at, and then every now and then we get to pull back and we get to enjoy those things as part of restoring our hearts and our souls. But that can't, those things can't be the thing 
The thing has got to be the mission of God. And that may be spending 90% of your time discipling your kids at home. Let's go. That's a great answer to, hey, am I using my time, talent, and treasure? But don't live for a number. And so here's a question. Are you fully utilizing your time, talent, and treasure? Are you in the game? Are you engaged? And so I would just ask you that the answer to that question, why not us, is that's right, why not us? If we are gonna be a platform for other churches to learn and grow how to be God's people and advance his kingdom, we have got to be God's people and advance his kingdom. We have got to do it before we can give it away. And so why not us? And so I'm just gonna answer that question with 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so why not us? Let's go. And then the last question for the day is just why not you? Why not you? Because if we're gonna have an impact worldwide, it starts with you. We are all members one to another as the church of God. Let's pray. Father, would you help us? Father, we so desperately wanna be your people. We have the desire to do what is right but not the ability to carry it out. And it has to be a transforming work of the Holy Spirit to make that happen. And so, Lord, would you help us to present ourselves multiple times a day, to pay attention to being conformed, okay, to the way that you look at the world. Father, would you help us to pay attention to the things that are clogging our lives so that we can be fully useful to you and would you help us to get in the game? Lord, would you convict us today? Would you encourage us today? Would you lead us into truth today, what's real and what matters? Help us to have a sane estimate, sound judgment of who we are by the power of your spirit. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen.